Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Locke rolls to his right. Locke throws a ball. End zone catch. Touchdown, Denver. No, no. What are they saying? K.J. Hamler caught the ball. Now one official. Yes, touchdown. Touchdown, Denver. Holy mackerel. And the Broncos dead in the water in the third quarter. The Chargers, with 7.33 left in the third quarter, had a 24-3 lead. And in such improbable fashion the Broncos come from behind and beat the Chargers 31 to 30 there you go locked on locked on what man well that's Drew Locke not David Locke as the Broncos with a nice victory and your Chargers I don't know if he's still our Chargers anymore his Chargers anyway we're speaking of DJ he'll be joining us here in a second they lose another close game. Herbert looks good, but they just can't find ways to win. The big game of the week was obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers remaining undefeated 7-0. They rallied to beat the Ravens 28-24. Roethlisberger, decent enough game. It's all about winning. It's not about stats anyway. 182 yards, two TDs. thing that I, well, didn't like, obviously, for Baltimore was the four turnovers by Lamar Jackson. You know, Kyle Whittingham has just beat that into our heads. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. It's the most important stat beyond the final score that he looks at. And what we saw is Jackson having some turnover issues. I think that, you know, if you win by the the turnover battle, the chances are better than average that you're going to win. But I think it's something like two turnovers if you have... You collect two turnovers in the other team, so you enjoy a two-turnover margin advantage. Your chances of winning are like 78%, and then it just goes up from there. So we get why these Steelers have won, and good for them, man. Now, I wouldn't count the Ravens out by any stretch. They're still going to be in the thick of things when we get there. Although in the AC, I'm still going with the Chiefs. Obviously, they had a day off beating the Jets, basically. That's a bye. Good for them. So... The Patriots continue to lose. Cam Newton, late fumble. Lose to the Bills. Bills get back on the winning track. Joe Burrow looks good. The Titans now have lost a couple in a row. The Bengals beating them. You'll wonder, are the Titans for real? And how about Joe Burrow, man? Certainly his future looks extremely bright. Our Raiders, yeah. You can hear the Raiders games on our station. Lincoln Kennedy, we have him on every Friday. He's the analyst. Brent Musburger is the play-by-play guy. And we have Lincoln every Friday at 8.30. This week, we can talk some college football, too. Well, they go back to Cleveland. Weather is just miserable, man. I watched a lot of that game there. And Hunter Renfro catches the lone TD. I didn't think it was reception. I thought the ball skidded along the ground long enough for it not to be a reception. But nevertheless, they call it. Hey, how about the Dolphins? Tui Tagovailoa. Yuck. What'd you think of old Tui? Not all that impressive, but they won the game, huh? Yeah, he'll take his first win in his first start. Why not? So, you said his first win in his first start, which means next week he's going to start again. You know what they're going to call it? Tua time? No, part Tua. Oh, part Tua. Well done. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I've been waiting all weekend. <laughs> You've been waiting to use that one, haven't you? Uh, Seahawks continue to win. Niners get battered, man. 
Russell Wilson driving towards the MVP. Have you heard DK Metcalf sign off on his interviews? What is it? Russ for MVP. He does it every time he does a media interview. So there oh. you go, your boy. Like Gary Anderson with Go Aggies? Yes, it's, it's <laughs> Russ for MVP is DK Metcalf's sign off. Well, he looked good, 361 yards, four TDs. Of course, he looked good. The Eagles alone in first place. My Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, that game sucked. Cowboys with the rookie quarterback. What was his name? Guido Sarducci? Ben Danucci from yeah. James Started Madison at, University. Was at Pittsburgh earlier. You know what was crazy? I was watching that game, and when he was playing junior high basketball, his coach was Mike McCarthy, Mark McCarthy's brother. Did you see that? I did not see that. I missed that part. Yeah, okay. and I think that uh, Mike's brother is deceased too. Gotcha. Uh, so there was that connection. Yeah, they had a, like a you know the team photo that they put up, and they highlighted where Darnucci was. And you got uh, tonight's game, Tampa Bay. Are they on to something? Have they hit the stride? Playing the Giants, you expect the uh, Buccaneers to win, but you never know. The Giants at home, 6-15 tonight. All right, that's your NFL right here, 97.5, Tomei the Zone. Hashtag BYU. From the 23-yard line of Western Kentucky, Wilson out of the gun with time. Rifles it down the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown. Dax Mills. Surgical so far for Zach Wilson. First down the backfield. Katoa wide open. The cut back inside the 20, the 10, the 5, and he weaves his way into the end zone. Cougars offense stays a perfect 4 for 4 tonight. Well, the Cougars promised they weren't going to look past that game, right? That's exactly what Kalani said. Yes, we know what's on the schedule. We know the Broncos are coming out, but we'll be ready for this. And they were ready. It was 35-3 to at halftime. It was over by halftime. Check the box, PK, and move on to the next one, and they did it. Yeah, they did what they had to. Uh, Zane Wilson had an injury. Not sure of the severity. I don't know if I'm missing anybody else. But Zane you know, that's Anderson, important. not Wilson. Did I say Zane Wilson? Yes, I come up with that. Zach Wilson? I'm obviously, no, or Russell Wilson. I still got Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson in my go, mind. Because yeah. I'm signing off all interviews that I do with Russ for MVP. But Zane Anderson had the injury. I'm not sure the severity of it, but I don't think anybody else did unless I'm missing somebody. I'm sure there's always bumps and bruises every game, but that's two things in a situation like that. You want to win, look at least halfway decent, which they did, and have no injuries. We'll find out about Zane. Don't call me Wilson Anderson on that one. Do you see the spread for the Boise State game? I did not, no. Want to take a shot? I would only go maybe the Cougars by four. It was uh, Boise State by three. It quickly moved to pick them, and then it bounced back to one point in some of the... So depending on where you look, you can find anything in that range. So hmm. Even it, with the injuries to the... Well, at least they're not playing. Although I don't really care if Bachmeyer plays relative to Jack Sears. Uh, but Horn is a running back. Sears looked fine at Air Force. He threw a deep right. ball right away and then had all the right. confidence in the world. I think he threw three incompletions all day and seventeen to twenty. Yeah, yeah. They threw. They were. They scored forty nine points on just forty nine plays. So that offense didn't look like it missed a beat. You well, know? the running back wasn't there, so I don't know what his situation is. So I'm thinking more of the running back 
rather than Sears. Sears, even though he doesn't have a lot of playing experience, he's a veteran. And he's one of these guys that, you know, I heard about in high school. He went to San Clemente, same high school as Travis Wilson, same high school as Sam Darnold. That's a quarterback factory in that area. We know, I don't know, he probably works with some guy named Beck, but he doesn't have to drive 10 hours. He only has to drive 10 minutes, so that's even better. That's not as good a story. It's not going to be mentioned as often, (laughs) no matter how many minutes they have spent on a field to get. Hey, he got in his car and he drove 10 minutes and it should have been six, but traffic was brutal. Hit a red light. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) His time in the red lights was horrific. But I agree with you that in terms of whether it's Bachmeyer or Sears, you know, their big thing uh, reading up yesterday on Boise stuff was also so harsh and basically pulling a Whitting, pulling a Whittingham. So then they don't they have to prepare for two. Well, OK, you do. But I think that in terms of productivity, I'm not sure that it really matters because he went there. That was a great pickup for them, obviously, right off the bat. They probably beat Air Force either way, no matter who they had, because that other kid, what's the other kid's name, Cord? I mean, he's been a winning quarterback, too. So I think they're fine there. We'll have to see about the running back who ran for over 1,000 yards as a freshman. I think that could be a blow. But the quarterback, I don't think it's that big of a deal. How good is BYU going to be at running the ball? We heard uh, B.J. Reigns, a beat writer, uh, works up in Idaho, covers the Broncos. He's come on the show a couple times here. And he was saying that, uh, you know, the defensive line, the offensive line, the, the, the skill players, the secondary, they're good. And so I've got that rattling around my brain, and I turn on the Boise State Air Force game, and Air Force goes running down the field for two early touchdown drives, including a fullback dive that goes 50 yards. So I'm thinking, well, is, is BYU going to be able to break big plays in a running game? Because there's clearly, we were told there's some vulnerability there. Now I'm watching some Air Force fullback go for 50 yards, right? Now, Boise State got a handle on it as the game progressed. And we know Air Force had more than 30 guys opt out. That, that's something the sideline reporter has to say at the start of every game. So brace yourself for that, right? And then it's how many guys are out each week on top of that. So for the opener, I think it was 40 guys total. I think it was 39 total for this second game. So, but they, and they were missing four starters, threw them on offense. So Air Force was shorthanded, and Boise State took it to them. All right, more on that game coming up. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. The Aggies have really no time. Ten, nine, eight seconds, seven seconds, five seconds. DH, finally, Shelly wants to throw. Steps up in the pocket, needs to get rid of it. Throws deep down the end zone. He's got a guy there, and it is. Did he catch it? Yes! Touchdown! Are you kidding me? Holy smokes! What a snag in the corner of the end zone! DT, are you with me? What a catch in the corner of the end zone! Shelly leads him to the corner of the end zone. Tompkins stretches out. That's a score! Here comes Baker once again. And another inside handoff. And off to the races is Bird. And Bird might go to the 50, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. They won't catch him. Bird's got a score. And the Aztecs continue to pile up the points here in Logan. And the Aztecs end up dominating the entire second half of that game and blowing a close game in halftime wide open. San Diego State wins 38-7. PK, the number in the game, though, Utah State gave up 407 yards rushing. 200 is a big day. 300 is enormous. I mean, you give up 407 yards. Gary Anderson went right at it in the postgame. They just, they just got dominated up front. 
Yeah, they did. I mean, Scotty just had the only highlight, basically, offensively. Through two games, they have no offensive identity. And that's not me talking. That's Gary Anderson talking. Uh, they're not good enough to play with the teams that they've played, Boise State and San Diego State. And in my mind, if I'm a San Diego State alum, I am donating for the statue for Rocky Long because that was a classic Rocky Long game. I mean, they ran the bell guys, ran the ball 400 yards. It's just enormous, but that's what he's always done. It's just that, you know, he won't get the run. He's not there anymore, but he, he because San Jose State's not a P5, but we know the job that he did and winning uh, last five years, winning double-digit victories in four of them and the other one, I think it was seven and six, but just phenomenal. And this program right now, we'll see if Brady Hoke can continue it. I don't know but this program is in a great spot and they just dominated just absolutely dominated particularly in the second half now in the first half they kept missing field goals to allow uh utah state to stay in it utah state the schedule will take a big drop now i think in my mind clearly those were the two best teams that they'll face all season right off the bat but they got to find a way to do something they didn't have warren their big running back not that he's big physically but he's their best running back he didn't play a uh, shelly just awful numbers two games in a row in the throw game so i mean they've got to regroup and get to work they got uh, Utah State's got Nevada coming up on Thursday, and I think you're right. I think that the the Aggies open with probably the two best teams in the league, and if not, it's because Nevada is because these look like the three best teams in the league to open it now. Step down, sure, but uh, Nevada beat UNLV 37-19. They're 2-0 because they beat Wyoming in overtime in the opener. It's a Thursday game. they got to travel Wednesday. They can't practice Tuesday. So I don't know what's going to get them to snap out of it, but they they haven't been competitive here in these first two games. And it doesn't – it may be a little easier, but not enough easier. They have got to play better. I don't, you, you seem to get shoved around by that, and you just wonder what what can change before Thursday. Maybe it's just uh, it's not an X's and O's and practice things. These guys just sitting down and thinking about either you compete a lot better or you keep taking these beatings. Does it matter to you enough? Do you have enough talent? Because th- th- these two games has been awful. It, it can't have been any fun to take this beating on the field. It hasn't been fun for Aggie fans to watch. There, there is a hill to climb. Point spread out on this one. Uh, this was a weird one, PK. It opened. You want to take a shot at it? it? It moved big time, and I don't know why. Oh, I would have no idea why, but I would say Nevada in the 12 range. It was 27 in the mm-hmm. open. I went back and looked like a second time and a third time. I'm like, is that a typo, and they're going to fix it? Because then it dropped down to 14, so I don't know what the heck's going on. But That's more realistic to yeah, me. That's yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought 27 was an enormous number. I don't, I don't know what was going on, but now there's multiple lines out that say uh, in the 14 range, 14 and a half, 13 and a half, that kind of stuff. So, All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Sam has it. Back to throw on second down. Looks. Fires over the middle. Ball caught. Touchdown, Texas. Joshua Moore. Right down the seam. Moore split two defenders, and the Longhorns strike first in overtime. Yeah, once again, Sam Ellinger got just enough time in the pocket to step up, and you're right. Moore coming over the middle, made a little move to the out, cut back in, and Boy, nice job of holding off. He took a pretty good hit in the end zone. Spencer Sanders has the snap. Blitz coming. Sanders looks, being chased. Circles around. He goes down. Joseph Osai wraps him up. This game is over. Texas has beaten six-ranked Oklahoma State in Stillwater. 
So I thought there were two, maybe three games that really jumped out from Saturday in college football. One of them was obviously sixth-ranked Oklahoma State losing that game to Texas in OT. Everybody in the Big 12 has a loss. Oklahoma State's the only team that doesn't have a second loss. So check the Big 12 off. It doesn't, 2020 is weird, but under any normal circumstances, the Big 12 is out of the playoff hunt. Now, does that open a chance for the Pac-12, or does it more likely open a second spot, a second spot for someone in another league? Maybe it's a Clemson-Notre uh, Dame deal, because Clemson dug a 28-10 hole. They were down to Boston College. They were struggling, jumping off sides on fake field goals, getting drawn off. It was weird. But talent eventually prevailed, and Clemson came back to win 34-28. But Dabo Sweeney says Trevor Lawrence, who did not play against BC, will not play against Notre Dame, so the battle of the unbeatens will go on. Clemson won't have their star quarterback. Does set it up that if they lose the game and then get him back and run the table and beat Notre Dame and they're both one-loss teams, it would be easy to see the ACC getting two teams in, PK. Long way to go, but not that hard to visualize. Well, this year, the ACC being the second Notre Dame, otherwise than that, a couple of things there is that uh, Oklahoma State losing in overtime to Texas and we're going to eliminate them. I mean, then it's a joke. The playoff is a joke anyway. I don't see where the Big 12 is completely and totally limited just because Oklahoma State lost one game in overtime and all of a sudden they're out. That doesn't make any sense to me. Nevertheless, it might be true, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. That's why they need to get at least six, if not eight teams and all five power fives get an automatic into it so you don't have to worry about that. Losing by you know, to Texas in overtime should not be an elimination if that's your only loss. And then Clemson, yes, Clemson does have his star quarterback. It's just Uyanga Lale. I mean, he is their star quarterback. And this kid is a five-star kid. He came out of St. John Bosco. That's in Bellflower, which is a suburb of Long Beach, basically. And same school that... Uh, Josh Rosen went to. They are very, very good in football. Neither of those guys, uh, certainly uh, Josh Rosen grew up in Manhattan Beach, and uh, Bellflower is not next door by any stretch. And I don't think uh, Uyanga Lake grew, uh, grew up in the Bellflower area also. But they're going there for a specific reason. This kid has got all sorts of talent. So they're going to have their star quarterback. He's just not Trevor Lawrence. And I know the kid's only a freshman, but he's, he's going to be good. They're going to be fine at quarterback there. I mean, that's not going to be their issue if they should lose that game. In fact, I don't think they will lose that game. I think they'll actually win that game. And the great thing, you know, I watch a lot of college football. Obviously, we all do. But I love the ex-coaches who are now in an analyst role. Uh, Not just during the game. I'm not talking during the game, but like the pregame, the halftime, the highlights. The freshman, DJ, the young fella, DJ, (laughs) nobody wanted to say Uwe (laughs) Angalale. It's true. Nobody would touch it. And then Joe Tessitore, who is calling the game, gets up there and all of a sudden everybody starts saying after he kind of puts the pronunciation guide out there. I'll say it, but I'm not going first. Wingalale. I mean, you just got to look at it and get the phonetic spelling. And we're used to poly names, and those guys in other parts of the country aren't as used to it. But you know, I've known about this. This kid's a bona fide big-time stud. I mean, you're going to go. He lives out there in the Moreno Valley, the Inland Empire, they call it. And you go all the way to Clemson. You're not going all the way to Clemson unless you're the man. I wouldn't think you are. And I think he's going to be just awesome. But Lawrence, you know, it's a blow not having him, but I'm not not saying that. He's now not the favorite to win the Heisman. They're looking at Mac Jones and Justin Fields as uh, the co-favorites. And then I think if you take Lawrence out of it, 
then I think Wilson, Jack, Zach Wilson, is the third. His odds are like 30 to 1. And the fields looked really good again for Ohio State. So in my mind, it would be if Lawrence doesn't get it, it's between those two quarterbacks that I just mentioned. Well, Trevor Lawrence, 35 and 1 as a starter. I'm waiting for the uh, career achievement award for him in the Heisman. Uh, Fields, you're right, though. He threw for over 300 yards. He had four touchdown passes. Ohio State handles Penn State 38-25. And another game in the Big Ten, Michigan State beats Michigan. So Harbaugh, every time he loses a rivalry game, the stat goes up. And he's, what is he, 1-5. He's 1-6 now at home against the... Uh, against the big three in the East, and it just uh, there's a ton of pressure on him. And Michigan State looked so bad in the first game, but again, you make your most improvement, PK, between weeks one and and two. And I'm going to start with a conference game instead of a little more forgiving money game. Uh, I guess you can say, well, this is why coaches want to start with money games. <laughs> well, yeah, but Michigan, I mean, Michigan State improved dramatically. But I don't know how much improvement they made. I mean, they just had they had seven turnovers against uh, Rutgers. Rutgers. That, yeah. That'll wreck the average game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA fears that delaying the start of the upcoming season until January could cost the league an additional $500 million, maybe as much as a billion dollars in revenue losses next season and beyond. The Players Association and the NBA still at odds over a start date. Uh, December 22, so you can play on Christmas. Seems to be favored by the league. Obviously, the TV networks will write a bigger check if you give them five games on Christmas Day. Uh, ABC usually gets a game, and ESPN gets a couple more, and then TNT gets a couple games. So uh, there's some uh, there's some money changing hands there. And then just in general, uh, there's several more TV dates and blah, blah, blah. Or you can do what the Players Association wants. And that seems to be starting right before MLK Day because that's another big TV day for the networks. And it doesn't look like they're going to have fans in the stands, certainly not in any big number uh, for these first uh, first few weeks of the season. But can you start it a few weeks earlier? Complete the NBA Finals before the Summer Olympics. Try to get back onto a semi somewhat a little more normal schedule after getting thrown off last summer. No, start whenever you start. I'm not going to get involved I'll, in this. I'll be there when you start. Let me know. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni is going to be an assistant in Brooklyn under Steve Nash. Ah, reunited, PK. It's a long way from Phoenix, baby. Yeah, and they and got Amar uh, Stoudemire, too, and those were the big two, big three, basically. If they can add Sean Marion, they would be complete. And so they just done the reverse. You know, I went from Jersey to Phoenix. They're going from Phoenix to Jersey. Eventually, it all come around. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. This is a good time to opt into a contract, PK. A lot of financial uncertainty out there, so if you have a chance to pick up a big pile of guaranteed money, Giancarlo Stanton, who's had back injuries and uh, and missed uh, miss games in uh, not just this past 60-game shortened season, but the year before that. So he's got seven guaranteed years and $218 million, and he's opted in. And J.D. Martinez in Boston opted in for uh, $19.3 million. Uh, hit 213. That is a really low number for a $19 million deal. So he went ahead and opted in because the market would have uh, not been nearly as good. Not Nobody close. said they were dumb. Right. <laughs> I'm not walking away from that. I'm opting in, big guy. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. 
A familiar script. RSL gives up a goal in the first 20 minutes. Falls behind by two goals. Did score this time. First time they got an only goal they've scored in the last three games. But they lose 2-1. to one. Colorado wins, so they are eliminated from the playoff race. Crashing out, PK. 2-7-2 and two in the last 11 games. Only eight points. Started going bad, and they just could not turn it around. Yeah, you know, I watched a good portion of that game, and you guys were talking about listless, lack of energy. The fans were talking about it. Cool header, though. You can yes. tilt your head and make it get in the corner. I don't know that I can do that. I th- that hurt my neck watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, RSL has one game left. They're going to host uh, Sporting Kansas City. It won't, won't uh, mean much to RSL, but it'll mean a lot to Sporting because along with Seattle and Portland, those three are fighting for the top three seeds and depending on where you finish you're lined up for one home game or two or three so they'll uh they'll definitely be something at stake uh, next sunday at 4 30 all right dj and pk that is what is trending it is brought to you by shamrock plumbing receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at shamrock plumbing 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing all right coming up utah player availability at eight o'clock and pk yeah. In that uh, in that hour, uh, some big names. Brent Keithy's going to speak. Britton Covey is going to speak. Uh, Kyle Whittingham uh, speaks all the time, and he's slated for about eight thirty. Right in the first middle of it. press conference of the year officially. All right, there it is. Yeah, because this uh, yeah. isn't a this isn't a preseason deal now. This is Monday, yeah. a game week. PK, this is game week. And I was talking to Paul Kirk, their sports information uh, director over football over the weekend, and they will keep this schedule during the season in terms of the mornings. You were asking Correct. about that. Oh, the difference yep. being that Tuesday with the election, that they aren't going Tuesday, but next week, as I understand it, it'll be Monday and Tuesday, and it'll be Monday, Tuesday in the mornings as far as Kyle goes the rest of the season. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Utes are coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson at 9.30. Right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.